0: real noom user compensated to provide their story in four weeks the typical noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week individual results may vary hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank I want to remain anonymous, because many people won't believe what I saw in Yellowstone National Park. I'm a seasoned park ranger, and this happened as the autumn season approached, and the reports of unsettling encounters within the park grew, so seed of doubt began to take root in my mind. Basically, hikers and campers gave me various reports about they saw, a weird figure-looking creature in park. I dismissed these reports as exaggerated tales or mere figments of people's imaginations. After all, I had patrolled these trails for years and had never come across anything out of the ordinary. So one crisp morning, while on a routine patrol of a lesser-known trail, a peculiar sound cut through the tranquil air. It was a screech that seemed to defy any logical explanation. My curiosity piqued, I followed the direction of the sound. As I ventured deeper into the woods, the surroundings became shrouded in an eerie silence. The tall trees stood like sentinels, their branches reaching towards the sky, seemingly hiding secrets within their rustling leaves. Suddenly a cold shiver ran down my spine, and I felt a gaze fixated upon me. Turning around slowly, I saw it, a figure standing in the shadows, taller than any human, with a dark, indistinct form. Its eyes, illuminated by my flashlight, glowed an unnatural shade of red. Time stood still as the figure locked eyes with me, a sense of imminent danger emanating from its presence. Fear gripped me, paralyzing my muscles. I couldn't tear my gaze away as the figure turned its head and began to walk towards a deep gully, disappearing into the depths of the park. It was the same figure that had been described in the earlier reports the elusive creature that had haunted the thoughts of hikers and campers. Reality blurred as I grappled with the unimaginable truth before me. What I had once dismissed as folklore had become a chilling reality standing right in front of me. The doubts that had clouded my mind evaporated, replaced by a bone-chilling certainty. This was no tall story. This was an encounter with an enigma that defied explanation. Slowly regaining control of my trembling body, I reached for my radio, my voice betraying the fear that consumed me. I relayed the events to my fellow rangers, my words trembling with an urgency born from the realization that our park was harboring something beyond our comprehension. In the days and weeks that followed, our team embarked on a relentless pursuit to catch the creature and see what it is, but no one ever saw it again. Neither I, who to this day curse myself for not running towards it to see where he go. My brother and I found a mid-90s SUV in the woods elk hunting last year. It wasn't in a spot I'd camp. It was more or less hidden and parked right in the trees. Walked by it two days, figuring the owner was out hunting at the time. Third day, there was snow, and no tracks coming or going, so we checked it out. Figured 100% there'd be a body in there. No body, just a bunch of belongings and trash. Called it into the county sheriff's office, but never heard what came of it. Would have been a five-mile hike to town, so kinda weird. I've also had that being watched feeling hiking into my stand, stopped and turned on my headlamp and had narrow set eyes shine back from about 20 feet off the trail. I think it was a coyote, but it left quietly and quickly after I turned the light on. Never got a good look at it. Early autumn 1996, and I had just returned from a tour of the Falklands Islands with the RAF. Through a sequence of events involving my trade being civilianized by the United Kingdom Ministry of Defense, I knew in advance that I was being discharged almost as soon as we got back to the United Kingdom, despite only serving two years. I still lived with my parents, male 20, but they had left the day before on holiday. Important later, I got unpacked, made a couple of calls, and head straight out to see friends for the evening. We go to a quiz night, and all the teams end up swapping papers for marking purposes. School style, except us. Somehow we've still got our own answers. We proceed to improve our answers as the quizmaster goes through them. And surprise, surprise, we win. The prize is a bottle of white wine. Also important later, none of us touch the stuff and I'm driving anyway but the whole silly cheating nonsense was funny. End of the night, I'd drive home and remember the security alarm was still set the way the previous owners had it. You had to go around the back to enter and get the 45-second window to turn off the alarm. Front door would just wake up the neighbors with alarm noise. I head around the back and am fiddling for my door key in the dark garden. When I realize something is up, there's no reflection in the window. It takes me a second to realize there is no window. Not smashed, just not there. I spin round, expecting someone behind me in the dark, but I'm alone. I become acutely aware of the winnings from the quiz night. A nice heavy weight in my hand, and I turn it over in my hand to use it like a club. I spot the window laying in the grass. It's a standard white UPVC double glazing pane in its frame, so the whole piece that moves when you open the window has been removed, no less no damage. The careful placing of the window on the wet grass also means no fingerprints, so I'm not reassured by the apparently professional approach. I turn back to the door and consider my next move. The door opens into the utility room, then the kitchen. The alarm panel is in the cupboard at the far end of the kitchen. Simple enough except entering through the window would not have triggered the alarm. On the other hand, leaving the kitchen to enter hallway would trip the PIR sensor so the intruder, having entered via the window, must be in the kitchen. Where the knives are, I psyche myself up, unlock the door, and move quickly inside fully, expecting a fight. No one. The alarm is beeping. It's counted down quietly because I broke the contact when I entered. I head over and switch it off, but I'm still wired, and decide I need to be sure that I'm alone in the house. I proceed to enter every room, switching on lights as I go, ready to club someone with a cheap bottle of Chardonnay. I get to the last room, my parents' bedroom. I open it light on, and the entire house goes dark. I am so psyched up for a fight, and all my movie geek brain could think was. Ripley, they cut the power. Private Hudson, what do you mean they cut the power? How could they cut the power, man? They're animals. The landline phone still worked just from the tiny voltage on the phone line, and a handset was in the bedroom, so I called the police. I wait right where I am. Fifteen minutes goes by, and they arrive. My dad was such a bloody skinflint that he'd never had all the lights on at once, and I'd tripped the fuse. It turned out that my dad had the driveway repaved, and it was taking longer than agreed. He made the fatal mistake of saying i need you to finish we're going away tomorrow it was never proven but i think the traveler types that did the work saw an opportunity they apparently removed the window and saw that i had left the spare key right there on the windowsill a blessing in disguise because they unlocked the door set off the alarm and the neighbor had called my uncle he came round Bo well, found no one there and resecured the house without noticing the missing window. Our one-year wedding anniversary was April 17, 2000. Bob rented a car because the Jeep was in the shop. After dinner, he surprised me by taking me up to our favorite big-footing spot. We took the Gowdyville Road it was nearing dusk and we approached the freshly logged area where we had found possible tracks a couple of weeks before. Bob suddenly stops the car and points to the embankment on the right. We stop a lot along our drives in the woods in order to check impressions. They rarely amount to anything, but this night we hit the jackpot. We had no camera with us since the drive was a surprise, so we went back two nights later and took photos. There were six impressions in all, covering a distance of about 20 feet going up an embankment. The stride, as measured from heel to toe, was three and a half feet uphill, and Bob can barely match it. The prints were 14 feet long and about five feet wide. There were no toe details. The Gaudyville area has a history of sighting and footprint reports. A friend who works in the local grocery store told us that he and a friend were hunting up there a few years ago and found tracks, Another friend claims that his mom kept horses just off of the Cottage Grove, Lorraine Road, and that she heard screams coming from the Gaudieville area, which spooked her horses. Mm -hmm. Me and my girlfriend, now wife, did a road trip out to Haida Gwaii back in 2017. We walked on the ferry and rented an older Ford truck on the island. The whole island kind of gave me an eerie feeling, just being in this weird, overgrown rainforest environment that I was not used to. Lots of people seemingly squatting on crown land everywhere as well. Anyway, after a day of crabbing, we jumped in the truck and were looking for somewhere to set up a camp. We had been just setting up down old logging roads. We took a turn off the highway onto one and kept following it, thinking we might get a good spot with a view. The trail kept getting narrower and narrower the farther we went. Way to hell back in there. We hit a small clearing with a very narrow trail exiting the back. It seemed like a good spot, and the trail looked like it would lead to a river. There were no tracks into the clearing, so it seemed we would have some privacy. We got out of the truck, and it was just impenetrable regrowth on every side of the clearing, and I was getting that hair standing up on the back of my neck feeling. Kind of a hills have eyes feeling. The sun was going down and the thick brush accelerated it. We decide to check out the narrow trail down to the river, but I get maybe five steps down the trail and glance down and sitting in the middle of the trail, on top of the grass and soft soil, is a single kid's cat's eye, marble. It looked like it could have been dropped moments earlier. Freaked me out for some reason and we got out of there. When I was around five years old, I was asleep in the living room, along with my siblings and parents, as we didn't have bedrooms at the time. Across the living room was the kitchen. I wake up around 2, 3 a.m., Looked to a huge wooden spoon hanging by the window. The usual. However, there was a large, bright, white, glowing light reflecting, and I got confused. So I went into the kitchen, turned my head to the left directly in front of the stairs, and there an apparition was. A girl with huge black stringy eyes, black crazy frizzy hair, and no nose or mouth. She was wearing a white gown. All of her was white. It matched her gown, and it all flowed into the floor. I asked what she wanted, and nothing happened. I stared in awe for a couple seconds, ran back to the living room, tried waking everyone up, to no avail. The reflection could still be seen. I covered myself fully with a blanket and cried myself to sleep. I would tell my mother about it immediately, and a few weeks ago, when we were discussing this event, she told me that I spoke to her about being afraid of this girl in the house. But she would comfort me by saying I was okay and safe, and that nobody was there. She would eventually see the girl for herself and connect it to what I told her, and she would go upstairs to make sure I was okay. My brother also saw her but when he saw her, she was sitting on his bed with a polka dot dress, still black eyes and black crazy hair. A few years later, I would see her again. My brothers were jumping on the trampoline with their friend and went inside after I went to join them. I was jumping by myself and looked up at the window above the stairs, and she was looking outside. She looked the same, black stringy eyes. It was like 10 a.m., and everybody was home, but I was the only one to see it. That was the last time I ever saw her, thankfully. She was the scariest thing I've ever seen with my own eyes. A lot of paranormal happened in that house, however. This story is one of the worst ones. My dad used to have audio of a little girl within the home. When he left for work, and before I was even born, I'm the only girl, besides my mom. He didn't even mean to capture anything besides a haunted painting, which a camera was pointed at the entire time. The video was around six, eight hours in length, and the girl didn't start talking until around 2.5 hours in. You could hear jumping on the bed. That would be my parents' bed, little feet running down the hallway, and a little girl saying, Daddy, I made it through. Then you heard a low grunt sound right after. I'm not going to lie that painting is extremely haunted you could see it change expression slightly but noticeably and feel wetness under the eyes when it looked upset it's very possible that it opened up some sort of portal whenever that painting is hung up be prepared for the paranormal and strange is all i'm saying i don't know what happened to that painting for it to become haunted but it's not a good haunting that's for sure my dad claims he got rid of it but it's a painting of his grandma I don't know how much to believe that he got rid of it. I was headed out early this past Saturday to enjoy the C.O. Turkey opener, planned on making a weekend out of it, and was going to backpack in north of the Powder River. As I was making my way down the winding road along the river, I saw a woman waving her arms frantically running down the side of the road. To preface, there was an absolute lack of cell service, total dead spot, and it was pitch black, 4.15 a.m. As I pull up alongside the woman and roll down my window, I can see the blood on her face and what looked like a broken nose. She starts screaming that her boyfriend is trying to kill her, and she needs help getting away now. I make a panicked snap judgment and let her in the truck. As we pull off and I look for a spot to turn around and head back into town, she starts screaming again and points at a car sitting on the side of the road. That's my boyfriend. You have to get me away from him. So I rip a U-turn and speed back into town. He follows me for a mile or so, not like aggressively just following behind. I reach a light that is red and just run that F. He stays behind at the light she tells me that i can take her back to the hotel she was staying at but i ask if her boyfriend knew that she was staying there which she said yes so obviously i can't take her there i ask if she has any family in the area and it turns out her grandparents were about an hour away which was no problem given the situation the next hour as we drive she details three years of absolute horror with this guy Now I am twenty-five and have no children, but was bringing me to tears hearing what was done to her. At the end, we get to her grandparents' house and her brother came out, shook hands and told him what I saw. Seemed that he was ready to murder the guy. Felt comfortable leaving her and went on my way. Never know what you will run into away from the city before dawn. It was dead of winter at my grandparents' home before I was born. My grandma and uncles were home. This man knocks on the door, black hat, trench coat, black medium-length stringy hair, super pale, dead-looking eyes. My grandma opens the door and wasn't the type of person to turn anyone away based on appearance. He didn't speak, however, so she went to go grab some paper and a pen for him to write on. My uncle went to the door, looked at him, and simply said, I'm not afraid of you. The man turned around, walked out of the door, and left no trace whatsoever. He instantly vanished. No footsteps or anything. No car was around. He simply was gone. When I was little, at my parents' house, I would see this man in reflection sometimes. One time my brother saw a man looking like that, standing inside and looking out of my bedroom window on the second story and nobody was home. This man wasn't a shadow. He resembled a human being, however, was far from it. Some speculate he is a demon. I'm a United States soldier. This was a day like any other, as we traveled through the dense forest in our convoy, descending a nearby logging road. We had heard rumors about strange creatures in the area, but none of us had ever seen any evidence ourselves. So we didn't think much of it. As we approached a quarry, I suddenly caught sight of something extraordinary. Three massive bipedal hominids, covered in black or very dark brown hair from head to foot, were standing near the edge of the clearing, The middle creature was the tallest, about seven to eight feet tall, and it was flanked by two slightly shorter ones, standing around six to seven feet tall. I couldn't believe my eyes. The tallest creature stood very still, while the other two seemed to rock side to side, shifting their weight from one foot to the other. They appeared to be observing our convoy with great interest. I wasn't the only one who saw these creatures. Sergeant Jeff Martin, another member of our convoy, had actually witnessed the same three beings about thirty minutes earlier. He had observed them leaving the quarry, and they had moved with a graceful, fluid, glide-like stride, accompanied by exaggerated arm swings. Sergeant Martin noted how they seemed to cover an impressive amount of distance with just a few steps. We were all astonished by our encounter with these elusive creatures. It was clear that they were intelligent and curious, and they seemed to have a keen interest in our movements. We couldn't help but wonder what they were thinking as they watched us from a distance. As we continued our journey, the sighting left a lasting impression on all of us. We couldn't shake the feeling that we had just witnessed something truly extraordinary, a glimpse into a world that few people ever get the chance to see. It was February 6th, 1993, and I decided to head back to the same area where I had encountered something strange before. This time, I was accompanied by Jennifer, Chris, Don, and my girlfriend. We were all curious to see if we could find any evidence of the mysterious creature with amber glowing eyes I had seen previously. We found ourselves near a dump just east of the Bergsvick Creek Fish Hatchery, It was said that maybe Bigfoot scooped fish from the hatcheries, which piqued our curiosity even more. The day before, there had been a massive storm with winds reaching up to 80 miles per hour. As a result, we had to drive slowly due to the broken limbs scattered across the road. As dusk approached, we were about 150 yards from the dump when the mysterious creature appeared again. It walked behind our car and I could see it clearly through the backup lights. The amber glowing eyes were unmistakable. It looked like the same creature I had seen before, as I recognized the gray colors on its body. The next day, we decided to return to the scene with a police officer and his German shepherd dog, hoping to find some evidence of the creature's presence. However, as soon as we arrived, the dog refused to get out of the truck, There was a strong dead smell in the air that seemed to frighten the dog. Though our encounter was brief, it left us all with a sense of wonder and excitement. We couldn't help but think about the possibility of a mysterious creature like Bigfoot roaming the woods in our area. Our experience served as a reminder that there are still many unknowns in this world. And sometimes the most unexpected moments can turn into unforgettable adventures. It was May eighteenth, 1993, when I, Mark Port, stumbled upon mysterious tracks once again near the Green Peter Dam, close to Lebanon, Oregon. The tracks measured approximately 14 by 5 inches, and I couldn't help but feel a sense of excitement and curiosity as I examined them. I recalled a similar experience I had while hunting near John Day, Oregon, back in 1990 and 1993. I remembered being deep in the woods surrounded by the sounds of nature when I suddenly heard something unusual. It was a strange noise like the rubbing of sticks back and forth. The peculiar thing was that it sounded like several individuals were doing it. The noise was persistent and eerie, sending a chill down my spine. As I stood by the Green Peter Dam reflecting on those past experiences, I couldn't shake the feeling that there was something out there. something that had left those tracks and made those mysterious sounds. I felt a mixture of intrigue and fear, wondering what kind of creature could be responsible for the traces I had discovered. Determined to learn more, I decided to investigate further. I ventured deeper into the woods, following the trail of tracks as best as I could. The forest was dense, and the deeper I went, the more mysterious it felt. The sounds of the woods seemed to grow quieter as I approached the source of the tracks. Then, as I stepped over a fallen log, I heard it again, the sound of sticks rubbing together. My heart raced as I realized that whatever had made those tracks and those sounds was nearby. I cautiously moved forward, scanning the trees and underbrush for any sign of movement. As the sound grew louder, I knew I was getting closer to the source. I held my breath, hoping to catch a glimpse of the creature responsible for the tracks and noises but just as I was about to lay eyes on it, the sound abruptly stopped and the forest fell silent, frustrated and unnerved. I decided it was time to head back. I had come close to discovering the truth, but it seemed the mysterious creature wanted to remain hidden. I don't think they were human. This was an experience that happened when I was a kid, probably 10 years old, in 2010. I'm 22, now for reference. There used to be this park my dad would take me to here in Maryland. He would play basketball in the section where the courts were, and I would play in the section with the park equipment. One day I was on a swing set, and this couple came up and started talking to me. There was a man and a woman with a black stroller. I don't think I ever saw a baby in the stroller. I remember it always being faced away from me. This may have been a normal interaction, but something felt very off, or dream-like about the encounter. Say, I was even able to pick up on it at that age. The man in the couple was wearing blue jeans and a red and white plaid checkered shirt, but he looked odd, like kind of clammy pale or jaundiced gray. I also remember his eyes being very penetrating. The woman had on a dress, and I think, had medium-length brown hair. I can't remember her face, no matter how hard I try, though. She looked more normal from what I remember. The best way to describe the man's hair would be kind of blonde, ashen and artificial-looking. In a sort of bowl cut style, I think. I can't remember exactly what we talked about, but I think it revolved around God-religion, and it was a fairly short interaction, probably about ten minutes. The weirder part is that I saw them later at a completely different park on a different date, could have been weeks or months, and they were in the exact same outfits with the exact same stroller. It looked like only five minutes had passed, but it was a completely different location at a different time. I can remember feeling apprehensive and off when I saw them again. Strangely, I can't remember if I talked to them or not a second time. The last key to the story is that when I told my dad about seeing this couple multiple times as a kid, he said that maybe they were angels. I remember that comment intensely freaking me out for some reason. Now there could be a perfectly rational explanation for this, But more recently, I've been doing more spiritual work and growth, as well as scientific, astrophysical, biological, quantum physics theory, extra, etc. Research, and this memory resurfacing, prompted me to share it. It's not the first time I recall this happening. But it is the first time I feel like I could maybe get some explanation. I'd be happy to provide any more context about my life, if it's helpful, or the encounters. If I can remember, it wasn't the sort of thing where they did anything, really suspect I could tell my dad, or police about The man just didn't look human. Like the only way to describe it was he looked like a wilted flower. An uncanny, clammy, human wilted flower. That's the weird part. I do remember sort of shuffling off toward the courts after talking to them. But the second time, I can't remember if I approached them or not, which is strange. It's fuzzy. It sort of blips in and out. Both encounters felt sort of dreamlike. I also usually have a good brain for remembering faces, but I can't really remember the lady's face, a good portion of the guy's in detail could certainly be chalked up to the fact that this was a while ago, but I still recognize people around my hometown from when I was that age. So I don't know. I just felt scared or off, like not quite right. Even now it's the sort of thing where if I hadn't externally told my dad, he didn't also physically notice them. I would doubt that it actually happened. I just remember feeling that was weird. Gave me a sort of a weird feeling. Especially the second time I saw them. I live on a compound by myself. I know it sounds Waka, but it's really my tiny home, workshop, and a couple of other buildings for food or equipment storage, and a guest room. One bad snowstorm knocked my area OOK, so I decided to hunker in for the long haul. I spent almost two weeks without leaving. Three days in, I get woken up to a knock at the door. I get up to answer it, and halfway there, I realize the only way this guy could knock on my door is if he broke the lock. So I grab my shotgun and ask him through the door who he is and what he wants. Guy says nothing and keeps banging. I go out the back door and sneak around front, and I see a man who is on the ground, covered in blood and shouting, albeit quietly, for help. Turns out he was driving and crashed and dragged himself five miles down the road until he came to my place. By then he realized that I forgot to lock the bottom part of the gate and weaseled in. Luckily, he survived. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. My grandfather was a fisherman with a bad habit of finding dead bodies. I haven't thought about this in a while, but just googled it and found this description of one of his encounters on Saturday, July 11, 1970. The Park County Sheriff's Office received a call from a fisherman near Gardner. He just pulled up the scariest snag of his life. A waterlogged human torso. By Monday, that mutilated torso was on a table in the Park County Sheriff's Office, being examined by the FBI. The head and arms had been cut off. The legs were gone below the knee. On the chest, amid stab wounds, there was a T-shaped cut where the killer had opened his body to get to his innards. Two things were clear. The victim was without a heart, and his murderer was heartless. Turns out it was cannibalism. A friend of mine has been a fisherman for a long time. Once he was off the Grand Banks late at night, piloting a 50 feet trawler, while the rest of the crew slept. He was alone in the crow's nest upper wheelhouse nursing a bowl of weed when he caught a glimpse of what he said was a large black metal object several dozen yards off his starboard bow. He shot a glance just soon enough to see something large disappear beneath the waves, but he didn't know precisely how large or how far it was due to poor visibility. He looked at his radar and sonar, but saw nothing. Moments later, a massive column of winged black steel burst forth from the sea, roughly 50 yards off his port. He said he soon realized he was looking at the tower of a trident nuclear submarine. He attempted to hail the sub several times to no avail. After a few minutes, it slipped beneath the surface and vanished without leaving a trace on his radar or sonar. This happened a while ago, but at the time, I really didn't know what it was. I was about 14 years old. My mom had a cleaning business at the time. We cleaned many ranger stations in the local area, but Ripplebrook was one of our longest-lasting accounts that needed to be cleaned twice a week, most of the time being after 5 p.m., after work hours. So I spent a lot of time up there as a young kid. My job was emptying out the trash cans and taking the trash from the buildings to the dumpsters, one of the dumpsters being towards the back of the complex next to the pond. This is where I heard the screech. It sounded like a woman screaming, but more animalistic sounding, and it was close. It scared the hell out of me, even more so when I realized there could not be anyone else up there. I ran like hell back to one of the buildings where my father was. I started telling him, what I had just heard. He was an avid hunter, so I figured he would know what it was after telling him. He really didn't have a clue. We just dismissed it as a mountain lion. I never thought a mountain lion could sound like that. Anyways, I've heard of many sightings around that area as a kid. I never again have heard anything like that sound that night, but working there at the ranger station there were a lot of stories that we heard of people seeing a nine-foot-tall grizzly bear at O'Lally Lake standing up eating out of the dumpster at nighttime. There are no grizzlies in Oregon, claimed the forest ranger. I spent an entire year in my cousin's finca in Columbia. It's very deep into the mountains, and 90% of his land is covered in forest. That whole year was basically one massive note. I can say that at least every other day something completely crazy would happen. One of the things I remember the most was La Ronda. One day I was picking some tomatoes when suddenly the whole mountain goes silent. Not a single animal made a sound. Note that this is Columbia and there are many birds there. Anyway, I stop what I'm doing and listen closely because what the effects when every crater imaginable starts coming out of every hole and every crack and starts hauling ass uphill. Massive tarantulas, huge cockroaches, beetles, mice, rats, etc. Anything that crawled on land, basically. Then the dogs started barking and whimpering. That's when my cousin yelled Laonda, LaRonda which basically means the round, the round. He tells me to get inside the house. He gets this bag out with some sort of poison and starts pouring it outside the house. I then hear what sounds like running water coming uphill from the trees. I looked outside and saw what was probably millions of ants crawling up the mountain and eating every living thing in their path. It was absolutely terrifying. I couldn't see the ground because they were so many. Ants. Luckily, the poison worked, and they crawled around the house. My cousin was happy, however, because the ants killed whatever pests were around. It was on a hot summer night that I was out in the dark woods with my neighbor, whom I'm pretty close with. He was like extended family, honestly. The fact that I didn't even know we were going until that night when I was sitting at home in front of my laptop playing video games. My neighbor came over to see me and he asked me if I wanted to go camping with him and his family. It had been a while since we last did anything together, so of course I said yes. It would have just given us an excuse not to go to school for a couple of days. This was in September. So school had just started back up, and the coldness of fall had not yet come. So it was perfect. The next day, his family and I gathered our camping gear. We're driving down a dark road with tall trees on the other side of it. It was getting dark quickly, so we had to turn the lights on, and unfortunately, which means we would have had to set up in the dark. So we're driving for about an hour or two, but it felt like it took forever. My friend's dad turned left at an unmarked intersection where there wasn't even a sign saying that this was the right turn off the road. The road got bumpy and rocky as he drove over this very raw, unpaved road. That's when we came across a large clearing because all I could see around was trees and darkness. We stopped at this makeshift campground. I say that because there was no clear indicated spot to set up a tent, uh, a spigot, A bathroom or anything. This was truly camping just down the middle of nowhere. Perfect. Now I need to say that it was pitch blackout, and it had gotten really cold now that the sun had set. We were also higher up in elevation, so we got everything set up quickly and decided we would huddle up in the tent together that my friend's father had set up for us. But I just had this feeling lingering within me that we weren't alone. Now my brain was playing tricks on me, so I decided to step out and get some fresh air. It was eerily quiet until I heard this screaming noise. My heart began pounding fast as if it knew what was coming. Then we heard a rustling noise in the bushes, more screaming from the woods. I was so scared that my friend told me to come back into the tent now. Not only could we all hear the noises, but then as I got back in the tent and we shined our light, we could see something moving outside the tent. This shape. My friend's dad got a flashlight shining it too at this object. That's when this thing began screaming and thrashing. Now we're all yelling, freaking out, because we can see the shape of this thing more. It looked like an animal, but all we could see was this large shape, and it was terrifying looking from the silhouette. It looked like an upright deformed reindeer or something, and it had long claws. It was were we had been pranked. I wasn't even sure. It screamed again in our direction, and we just prayed for it to leave. It walked her in her tent, and we all kept her flashlight shining at it through the tent material, only revealing its silhouette. But one thing I noticed is it never came closer to the tent. It's like it was pissed that we set up camp here in its area. I get it. This probably sounds like some sort of amateur creepy pasta, but tell it to my family, my friend's family, and me, who have to deal with the memory of this thing. We stopped hearing it almost literally after we all pretty much urinated all over our sleeping bags out of terror. Surprisingly, none of us had any weapons on us. Somehow we all forgot. We got lucky that night, but who knows what would have happened if it were to come back and possibly check out our tent. Now, of course... My friend's dad regrets that he didn't bring any weapons. He forgot. He normally always carries a pistol. I went home the next day and we didn't get any sleep that night. What was designed to be a civil day trip turned into a quick overnight terror. I've not been able to go camping since. I don't think I ever will, you know. And I'm also not sure what this thing was or where it came out of. I haven't really sat down to train research either. I don't really care. I just want to get rid of this memory. Something unsettling occurred the other night, leaving me both perplexed and disturbed. It was an incident involving my cherished chickens, and the aftermath defied all logical explanations. In recent weeks, there had been reports of raccoons and foxes roaming the area, making their presence known. However, no other creatures were known to inhabit this vicinity, making this particular occurrence all the more perplexing. As the evening shadows deepened, a sense of unease compelled me to investigate my chicken coop. I braced myself for a sight that would shake me to my core. What I discovered was beyond my worst fears. The once sturdy fence, which had always stood strong, was now bent in half as if some tremendous force had mercilessly twisted it. And that was just the beginning. Upon closer inspection, I realized that the top of another fence, a wire mesh ceiling, had been torn apart with an alarming precision. It was as if no ordinary animal could accomplish such a feat. This was a large gap far too extensive for mere claws or paws to create. The sheer enormity of the destruction left me with a sinking feeling in the pit of my stomach. It was as if something malevolent and supernaturally powerful had paid a visit to my beloved chickens. With trepidation, I began examining the lifeless bodies of my feathered companions, searching for any clues that might shed light on what had transpired. Yet, to my astonishment, there were no tell-tale signs of an animal attack no traces of blood, no discernible teeth marks, no visible scratch wounds. It was as if their lives had been taken with a chilling efficiency, leaving no visible evidence of the culprit. Adding to the eerie nature of the ordeal, there were no footprints or any other tangible traces of the intruder. It was as if this vampiric entity had come and gone in complete silence leaving behind only a trail of bewilderment and fear. Throughout that restless night, I pondered the enigma that had unfolded before me. How could such an event occur without any tangible explanation? Why were my chickens targeted with such precision and inexplicable absence of bloodshed? I sought solace in the presence of my faithful canine companion, hoping to find reassurance or some indication that he, too, had sensed the malevolence that had beset our homestead. Yet, even my dog, known for his keen senses, had remained oblivious to the presence of any intruder. It was as if the nocturnal visitor had managed to evade all detection, leaving us in a state of confounding perplexity. Days have passed since that harrowing night, but the questions persist. The memory of the inexplicable events lingers, casting a shadow of unease over my once peaceful abode. I am left with a deepening sense of vulnerability, knowing that there are forces at work beyond our comprehension. In this world mysteries abound, and sometimes the most unsettling occurrences defy all attempts at rational explanation the encounter with this unknown entity has left me confuzzled, struggling to reconcile the reality of what transpired with the limits of my understanding. Perhaps in time the answers will reveal themselves, shedding light on the inexplicable and quelling the lingering unease that permeates my soul. So I'm not one for believing too much of cryptid lore. Never had an encounter before or anything like that, but my partner and I live on the border of upstate New York, not far from the Whitehall Bigfoot area. One night, partner was taking out the garbage and came back inside startled. I mean, really shook up. They said they had seen a creature that looked like maybe a fox or coyote, but that it then stood up on its hand legs, and so they booked it back inside. Fast forward about a month and I'm outside on my porch smoking a cigarette, enjoying the stars under a crystal clear sky. We have a small plot next to our house that has a toll, behind landscaping trailer permanently parked on it about 20-ish feet, away from the house. After a while of standing outside, I get the sudden and intense feeling like something is watching me, just that primal feeling of danger. It should be noted that, like most people up here, I'm usually carrying a gun on me. Coyotes and bears are fairly common up here, so I kind of do the four corners check of my surroundings. When I looked over to that trailer, I saw there was something the size of a large dog laying in the grass. Mind you, it's a clear night with a not-quite-full moon, and the grass was uncut long, but not like a meadow, if I had to estimate, I'd say seven, nine inches high, so I had a really good view of this thing. Now I know never to approach a random animal bedded down at night, so I just kind of watch it for a second. Even the light of the moon, its outline and coat were pitch black, blacker than anything I've seen before, unnaturally contrasting against the ground it laid on. Then it looks up. It has piercing red eyes. I'm thinking, oh, what the F, and put my hand on my revolver. I ain't about to be coyote food. And then it stood up. It stood up on its hind legs. The only way I can describe the legs of it is like that goat or human hybrid from the Narnia movie but with a torso like a hybrid of man and canine. It was taller than me and I'm six feet one, didn't even need to take a step. I flicked whatever was left of my cigarette and backed away to the door, locked and bolted it and spent the rest of the night wondering what I just saw. Now I'll admit I'm a religious man, but that thing didn't fit the description of any gin I've heard of. It's to this day one of the few things in my life I cannot explain. We've installed security cameras since, but now the lot is under construction, and we haven't seen it since. I don't know what I saw that night, truly, but I intend to find out one way or another. I want to go into the forest near the plot and look for signs. Does anyone have any advice on hunting this sort of cryptid? I'll update with any further happenings should they appear again. I worked for a nonprofit that relied on big donations from very wealthy donors. This meant cultivating relationships with some very wealthy people. One of the donors I was tasked with shepherding, let's call him Dan, invited me out for a weekend yachting off of Slash, around Slash near Catalina. I was excited. My partner gets seasick so we never did boat trips even though we lived near the coast. Our first night out was beautiful, and we're all lounging on the deck of this gorgeous yacht talking about eerie ocean stuff. Dan mentions that he has this thin, inflatable roll-out panel that he tethers to the boat and lets float out in the water, with 100 feet or so of rope that people can use as a sort of swimming platform, like this, maybe a bit bigger. We get the idea that we should unfurl this thing into the darkness and experience the freakiness of it at night. I was equal parts frightened and curious, as was everyone else. So a group of four of us did it while two people stayed on the boat. We get the thing out, slide it into the water, check the rope and push off. It's pretty instantly terrifying. You can see the dim lights on the boat, but after about 40 feet, it seems really, really far away but it was undeniably awesome, too. We're chatting quietly to ourselves, but mostly we're being quiet and just taking in the weird mix of fear and awe of being so close to the water in the middle of the night. We get to the point where the tether gets taut, and you can immediately feel the current tugging us away from the big boat, which, again, freaky, but we're confidently tied to the big boat. It's hard to see much of anything other than a few lights on Catalina, We're on the ocean side, not the bay side, even though we're not far from shore. I lie back flat on the platform, and everyone else does the same. The water wasn't rough, but it was moving, so you get rocked in random directions. Splashes of water that lip up over the edge and get everyone wet. It was nice. All of a sudden, the feeling of the waves, kind of random and choppy, transitions to a very smooth swell, which makes us all gasp. We're rising rising, rising quickly but smoothly, and everyone jolts upright. There's virtually no light from the moon, but it's enough for us to notice the gigantic thing just under the surface of the water from us. As soon as we notice it, it's already passing, and it sets in that it must be a massive, massive whale moving right below us, maybe a foot or two down, and we're feeling the water displacement from it. No one makes a peep. I immediately grab the tether and start pulling us in. Others start to help. No one makes a sound until we get back to the big boat, which no one leaves for the rest of the trip. It's all we talk about for the next 24 hours. Needless to say, I now have a healthy fear of the ocean, especially at night. People are tiny. Ocean is big. I'll start by saying I'm 35 male and have been in the military my entire adult life. I consider myself logical, objective, and pragmatic and don't really subscribe to anything. Paranatic and don't really subscribe to anything paranormal or anything that involves speculation or faith in general. I only believe in what I personally experience, and this is by far the most unexplainable thing that I've experienced. On my wall in my old apartment was a Pearl Jam set list in a cheap black plastic frame. A long-time friend of mine came to visit one night, and we go out for a few drinks. A few drinks turned into a few more, and we both got pretty drunk. We walk back to my place, more like stumble, and enter the apartment. The set list is on the wall that the apartment door opens into, and when we came in, The set list falls off the wall, and a piece of plastic that runs along the length of the frame breaks off when it hits the ground. The piece that broke off was about two inches long, and less than half an inch wide. It wasn't super noticeable, but I figured no big deal I'll replace the frame at some point. I considered super gluing it, but since it's like a $30 frame, I'll just get a new one. Cut to six months later, I'm driving home at around 7 a.m. after working a night shift. I randomly think to myself, shit, I need to get a new frame and decide to take a look at it when I get home. I walk into my apartment, drop my work bag, and immediately turn to the frame set list and pull it off the wall to examine it. When I take it off the wall, I realize the frame isn't broken at all. The piece I remembered coming off wasn't broken, and the frame was in perfect condition. At this point, I'm thinking "What the F. Why do I remember this being broken? Whatever, I'm not going to give too much thought to something that isn't an issue, right? Cool. I place the frame back on the wall and bend down to take off my boots. As I'm untying my boot, the frame falls and hits the ground. I grab the frame, pick it up, and turn it towards me to see that the frame had just now broken exactly in the way that I remembered it being broken. A long, skinny piece breaking off the long portion of the frame. I immediately started looking for evidence that I had superglued it, and there's none. I thought maybe I must have and forgot. I guess. That would have been obvious, and I would have noticed that when I initially took it off the wall to inspect it. I immediately called my brother to tell him about it and was blown away and pretty freaked out. It's really the only thing that's ever happened to me that I cannot explain. I ran through every option, and I can't make sense of it. I was under the influence of alcohol when it happened, or so I thought, and then coming off a night shift when it broke, again. But that doesn't explain why I have a memory of an event that apparently never happened. Then it happened in the same exact fashion as the memory I already had. The mental image of the broken frame I had in my mind is precisely how it broke right in front of me. Has anyone else ever experienced anything like that? My husband and daughter and I flew to Europe. Before we left, I got my nails painted, something I hardly ever do. While on the flight, my husband and I watched a movie. We looked over and seen my daughter passed out in her seat. We laughed because she had said she was going to stay up the whole flight, typical teenager. We finished our movie and we fell asleep. I don't know for how long, but I woke up and I looked at my husband and he woke up and looked at me. I smiled and I looked down at my nails and I noticed a scratch across my thumbnail where the paint had been removed. It was scratched from left to right. I looked at him and I told him, look at my nail. He said, what did you do? I said, I don't know. Maybe it was getting the luggage up. He said, you should have just let me do it. I said, yeah, and put my hand down. We ended up falling back to sleep. We woke up when we were about to land. I looked at my nail in disappointment, and the nail polish was back. I looked at my husband in total confusion and held my hand up to him to show him my thumb. He looked shocked and grabbed my hand and twisted my thumb to see if it had been by accident. We seen it scratched, but no, it was perfect. I said, okay, so you remember me showing you my polish scratched off, right? He said, yay. I said, which way was it scratched? And he drew on my thumbnail left to right. I was in shock. My daughter asked what's wrong. I said while you were sleeping. I noticed my nail polish was scratched off. But when I just woke up, it's back on. You're dead, and I've both seen it off. She said I was awake the whole trip. I didn't see you talking you were sleeping the whole trip. I looked at my husband and he said, no, you were the one sleeping. We have never understood what happened. I think it's either alternate or parallel dimensions or aliens low. Thought I would share this. Edit. I forgot to mention that the dog we took with us on this trip had a totally different personality after Went hiking up in the Big Horn Mountains in central Wyoming with my wife, brother, and two friends a few years ago. We wanted to try a little off-the-grid camping, so we just found a side road, drove down for a bit, and found a somewhat secluded spot to set up our tents. It was nearly dark by the time we got there and starting to rain, so we made quick work of setting everything up and settling in for the night. About one, my wife wakes me up. Can you hear that? After listening for a second, I say that's just... Gee, my bro, snoring, it's fine. About that time, the snoring starts to move. We stay perfectly silent for about ten minutes listening to the sound of whatever. It is roaming around the tents, including the twang of our tent lines being toyed with. We didn't sleep the rest of the night. The next morning, we looked around the tent and realized there were mountain lion tracks circling the tent about half a dozen times. The snoring we heard was actually the cat's chuffing. After waking the others, we made a little circuit around our site. I realized we had set up about 100 yards from a den. We packed up and found another spot pretty quick. My buddy and I used to go into the woods behind our house in Indiana when we were in middle school just about every day. Sometimes we'd find interesting shed or creepy crap like little shit shacks where someone had made a home. But one day we saw two guys, probably early 20s, walking around in the woods, and as we saw them, they saw us. and immediately started towards us. We freaked out and started running away, which they then started walking faster in our direction. After what felt like forever, we came towards the edge of the woods, where they had a ton of empty truck trailers parked. Dunno our thought process, but we jumped in one and hid behind some old boxes. We sat there probably an hour. For about twenty minutes of that hour, we heard them running around shouting, Where'd you guys go? I was scared then, but honestly, as an adult, I look back and feel more frightened because I fully understand how nuts people are. Okay, I want to start off by saying that I do not really believe in strange creatures from the abyss, and I'm not a huge fan of looking for Bigfoot. I'm just a regular guy who saw something that I can't explain. I just want to know if this is something that maybe someone else has seen. I was driving down Route 20 in Northborough, Massachusetts at around 2 a.m. one night in 2007. My girlfriend at the time was in the car with me. When we reached a more wooded area, I saw two animals crossing the road. Both of them stopped and turned to look at my oncoming car. When I saw them, I turned on my high beams, thinking they were deer. After a brief moment, they both took about two steps and cleared the road and were in the woods. I looked at my girlfriend, who looked back at me and said, Did you see that? Those were not deer. We made a few jokes about it and ended up calling them the things on Route 20, they had fur on them It was the length of a deer, really short, except the fur was black. Height would be about seven feet tall. Their eyes were reflective, like when a cat looked at you from the dark. The head was deer, like except they had ears that pointed upwards. I know I'm going to get flamed for the next part, but they were standing upright on their back legs like a human would. It's difficult to describe what their legs looked like, but the closest thing that I can say they resembled was was what a wolf's back legs looked like, where only the ends of the paws were touching the ground, and the ankle is off of the ground. Place your feet under your chair so that only your toes are flat against the floor. Have you heard of something similar to this, so I can try to research it further?